Hi, and welcome to the Mindful Athlete Podcast. This week, we have a really cool guest. Um, so I believe, yep, it was last week we had another guest who was also a coach, who was a mom. And this week, we also have a coach, but from a slightly different world. Would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. First, thanks for having me, Hannah. I'm super excited. This is my first podcast, and, and I can't wait. So I'm super excited. But my name is Katie Seidel. I am the assistant coach at the University of Akron. I'm in my fifth year of coaching. I have my master's degree in educational leadership, and I played four years of collegiate lacrosse as well. Nice. And so where did you play lacrosse? So I played at a D3 school in Lynchburg, Virginia, really small school, had about a thousand people, but I really enjoyed the size of the school coming from a smaller high school. I thought that made my transition really easy. I was able to have relationships with my professors and with my team as well. So it sounds like small town led into um, kind of that middle ground D3 zone, which then led you to a D1 kind of job level. Absolutely. So after I was at Lynchburg, I coached at Mount Union for about three and a half years. And like you said, that was a really good stepping stone to kind of get my legs underneath me with coaching and get to know more people and network in the coaching world as well. Definitely. We always, and if you aren't familiar with the podcast, we have 10, about 10 questions that we ask every athlete or coach or individual who's involved into the athletic world. And we try to hit all 10 questions, right? There's no guarantee we're going to hit them all um, because sometimes we get sidetracked and we have great conversations. But our first question was, introduce yourself. So we're going to be moving on to the second question, which was how was being an athlete or how has been an athlete in your life affected, changed, and altered the ways you perform the roles you're in currently? Sure. So that's definitely a loaded question, I think, but in a really good way that I've been an athlete my whole life. Well, backstory, Hannah and I played (laughs) softball together growing up. We were both both coached by our dads. We were. We kind of shared a similar experience of being the coach's kids, so you're under a little bit more of a microscope. But in a way, I think that helped me build a tougher skin. And when you're getting to college athletics, it's tough. There's girls that are four years older than you. They've gone through a lifting program. They've come from different areas of skill level. So I think being an athlete in general has made me tough. It's made me have a short-term memory memory if things haven't gone my way instead of dwelling I've kind of just dusted myself and got up and said okay that really sucked but let's just (laughs) go to the next day and do the next thing Um, and I think it's given me really good insight to having relationships with my athletes that's something that's really important to me Um, I've been in their mental headspace I understand how much you're juggling whether it's school class boyfriend girlfriend family stuff there's a lot of pressure and I think as females too we We don't love asking for help, so I think that just gives me really good insight into my athlete's headspace and and what they're dealing with in the day-to-day. Right. Yeah, I think that's a a really interesting topic because as a female athlete, especially coming from the background of being the coach's daughter, for you and myself, there's that level of having to prove yourself on your own because you're terrified at all times, like, am I going to get treated differently, like, because my dad's my coach? And or your mother or your uncle or any member of your family. So that's a big fear. And especially as we grow up with that mentality, 
it can be hard to say, oh, no, I should ask for help now. I don't have to do this on my own. So, and I was, yeah. I was wondering how you thought about that going from the different D3, D2, D1 worlds. Like, does it, does it go through all three, do you think, or? Yeah, I mean, I think at every level, you're the newbie. And I think as my personality type, I, I don't like asking for help and I find it really difficult. And then also too, oh, I, I want to do things perfectly the first time. And I think that that's really difficult, but some of the best advice I've been given is to ask for help and if it's above your depth people want to help you they're going to be flattered that you asked and you're going to pick up a new skill right so as hard as it is um and I think you're always going to have a little bit of that imposter syndrome of should I be here do I deserve this am I qualified oh yeah (laughs) And, and it's so hard and there's even days where even now in in this new job that I've had that I've questioned my ability and my planning and then I kind of have to take a step back and say no like you're here for a reason you've earned this um I feel the more I plan and the more I understand what I'm doing and the more passionate I am about it the less that comes through it's interesting that you mentioned that because the last interview we did was with another athlete who as well as is a coach and she's a female Um, but she's in a little bit of a different world. She does, um, like coaching in the sense of class coaching, like lifting, weightlifting, and that's her specialty. And she kind of said the same thing. It's interesting when you step into these different worlds because you're starting at ground zero and you have to be willing to realize that you're not going to be the best on the playing field. Like, cause it hurts all of a sudden one day you're the best athlete, you're a senior or whatever it is. And then the next year comes and you have to either go into business, you have to go into the working world. Maybe you're going into college and you have to start over and that can suck. <laughs> just Absolutely. It completely and, and puts you think, on your behind. <laughs> like, yeah. And I think too, I mean, in my young professional life, I've been in the working world for you know almost five and a half years. I've definitely made some mistakes and I've made some big ones but it wasn't career altering. I, I came back, I took responsibility when I needed to. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a big thing of you have to accept that it's really, you're, you're going to be in a low place, but you're going to learn from it and you're never ever going to do it again. So right. I think it, it's all about kind of peaks and valleys of, you know, when you're in your peak, that's really, really great. But, you know, be aware that you might come back down. You might, might be learning some things. Right. And I I constantly have the conversation with the athletes that I work with, which is mistakes, and sometimes we can even call them failures, are not the end game. Like, that doesn't determine the end of the game, right? It's just like when you're in the middle of any competition, whether it's like on lacrosse field, on on a baseball diamond, football, soccer, whatever it may be, a downfall is just a moment in the game. It's not the end right? The buzzer hasn't gone off. Like the ref hasn't blown the whistle. Um, and I think that's a true any world you go into because so many times athletes are like, well, this happened and it's over and I'm done and I'm done for. And I'm like, you had one mistake. Like you got to expect that those are the things that build your character. Those are the things that are going to define you 10 years from now was whether or not you decided to get back up. So it's, it's cool that you mentioned that. So Sorry, I was like, it was just interesting for me to connect. No, that's, that's really well said. And I, I I think too, just not, I'm 27. I'm not right. super old by any <laughs> means. But I think it is harder for younger kids to understand that mistakes are part of it. And I think a lot of times they're really afraid to try. I've even noticed in team meetings when we're like 
open it up. You know, does anyone have a comment? Does anyone with this? And it's crickets. And they don't want to say the wrong thing when it's not a specific criteria to respond. Yeah. And I get, I get part of that too. But um, in my adult life, I've kind of just said, screw it. You know, I'm going to take the chance or talk to the person I don't know super well, just because a lot of good comes out of like pushing yourself. And that's been so hard for me. And there's certain days that I don't feel like doing that. And I'm just like, nope, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. I'm not going out of my way to to do something extra. Yeah. And sometimes you got to decide that, like you got to decide which battles you're willing to fight. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Like for some kids it's no, I want to get on a D1 team and I'm, and I'm not giving that up. And that's my, my thing. And for others, it's, you know what, I'd really just like to continue my career into college. Like, Mm -hmm. I really just want to have that. And so either way, there's nothing right or wrong. It's just you got to choose which hills you want to die on. (laughs) Yes, I agree. And I think touching on that too, there's a home for everybody where Mm -hmm. it's your JUCO, that makes most sense for you and your family and your financial situation. It's, you know, D3, D2, D1, whatever. Everyone has a home and and. There's a positive experience out there for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Just because you didn't go where you thought you were supposed to go doesn't mean you didn't end up where you're supposed to be. Yeah. Right. And a lot of people get caught up, and I'm big in this too, I should be here. I should be doing this thing, and this is my timeline. But all of that's really kind of arbitrary, and it it takes a while to realize that for sure, but it's easy to get caught up in that. Yeah, and I, it's interesting. It's it's weird when you see an athlete, or even ourselves, right? Because when I say athlete, I'm talking about myself, too. Like, because I've gone through everything I say that I talk about with my athletes, I went yeah. through as well. There's not a moment that I'm like, oh, no, yeah, I had that thought. But there's almost this, like, I don't know if it's it's just in the athletic world or in a bunch of different ones, but there's this theory that, like college is the ultimate goal and like my life is over after college or like if I don't go play professionally my life is over like no like you're just starting into the game this is literally round one (laughs) yeah and I think there's so much more and whether you're continuing to play sport or not it sets you up for so much and I I think people definitely go through that mourning process of this this is my identity what do I do now Mm -hmm. and you know, there's so much, there's ways to get involved too. If you want to pursue, I mean, coaching is like the next best thing. Honestly, if you like teaching and and being with people and growing your sport, I mean, I think that's a perfect transition, but I totally get it. You know, for college is just the beginning of your kind of story in your young adult life. Yeah. I love it when a high schooler comes to me and says, I didn't get into my dream college. Like my life is over. And I'm like, Well, that's kind of dramatic, don't you think? And I mean, but to them it is. Like, it feels like their life is over. And I'm like, I I want to empathize with you and I want to sit with you and I want to agree with you that you're struggling with this moment. But in reality, you just didn't get what you wanted. (laughs) Like, that's the truth. Yes, it feels so so big. And I remember in high school too, it's like, you don't get invited to the thing or you make JV instead of varsity. Mm -hmm. And it feels so, so big in the moment. But then, you know, maybe six weeks pass or, you know, six months pass. And, and then you kind of like, okay, you know, maybe this was meant to happen or if it wasn't meant to happen, I learned something and, yeah. you know, I'm better for it now. But even now, sometimes I'm freak out about things or get <laughs> uncomfortable. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it, this is, it's fine. It's fine. It's yeah. really okay. It's tough because you want to shrink back into that old mentality of like, yeah. you know, of like, and, and I, in, in the therapy world, we call it extremists, like extreme, extreme thinking. Either you're all the way over here, or you're all the way over there. But the reality is you're in the center, but your brain is thinking over there, you know? 
So, all right. So we have lots of more questions I definitely want to hit on because I want to get your, your thoughts on some of these different ones, but I'm okay. going to move on to number four, which was, um, so number three, we'll come back to, but number four, um, okay. what was something you did when you were struggling that made a really positive change? Sure. I think for me asking for help. And then I also think, um, therapy is really, really important. I think seeking a third party is so huge just to sort through your thoughts and, and help you discuss things. And it's, just so so important I'm the biggest advocate of it I think it helps you process develop relationships you're not placing blame anger onto others and you can really sort through it but again asking for help is great to you know use coaches as resources guidance counselors principals um, there's so many people that care about you and want you to do well and it's very easy to turn inward of no one wants to help me I have to do this on my own you know asking for help to weakness and it's really not. So asking for help was huge. I've, I've been to therapy. I've been through that process and I think it's been really beneficial. I will say sometimes it does take the right therapist. I was lucky to match with a really great therapist the first time. Um, and it's not, not even just anxiety, depression. It's how can I maximize my time? How can I make better decisions? How can I have better relationships? So there's a lot lot of avenues with therapy and I'm a really big advocate oh yeah I mean like I mean you're talking to like the queen of <laughs> therapy advocate advocacy right here it's like um and I'm sure I'm not the only queen out there who's who's running the <laughs> saying that exact same thing but and and I and it's true like if you go to therapy you're not always going to find the first one's not always going to be perfect right and if you do right. if you find one that you connect with great but you also got to realize like Searching for a therapist is like kind of searching for a job. Like you got to test out different people. You got to go interview different people. Like it's, it's a relationship and not every relationship is going to be perfect, you know, but you gotta, you gotta search for it, you know? And, and I, it frustrates me a lot when I see individuals go to therapy and say, Oh, I just didn't go back. We just didn't click. And, and I think, well, did you go find another one? Because you know, my experience in therapy was incredible. Like I loved it. I became such a better person after it because yeah, you talk about those things that you can't talk about with a friend, you know, and you get to leave it in that room. You don't have to take it home with you and you don't have to be afraid that someone else in your family or your friend circle is going to hear about what you talked about. Right. I mean, yeah. yeah, I agree. It's, it's kind of beneficial to excuse me, just have like a little bit of a word vomit, uh, yeah. you know, and someone who is an actual doctor or, you know, registered psychologist and talk you through it is so, so important. Another thing that really helped me when I was struggling of not every day you're going to be peak happiness. No. And I think it's really important to sit with your emotions. And I kind of used to be a person that would bottle things up, mm -hmm. but eventually it's going to come out in some times in a negative way. Sometimes you snap at someone, sometimes you're just not the best version of yourself. So I think it's important to realize not every day is going to be peak happiness, but you can still find good in that day, even mm -hmm. if it's been a terrible day. You're like, hey, I woke up. I'm here. And now I'm back and I'm going to go to bed. I made it through. Yeah, right. So. I think that's a that's a big misconception is that people think they go to therapy and then everything's solved. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's not true. There's all the ups and downs. But, I mean, if you're going to go through those ups and downs, isn't it great to have someone on your team, right? Like, Agreed. Agreed. You're not and alone. I, yeah. And that's a great analogy. Algae too. It's kind of 
it's a process and it's like practice. If you put forth a really, really good effort, then you're going to get something out of it. You're going to get stronger. You're going to get more skilled. But if you come in and you're silent and you don't really want to talk and you're having an attitude about it, then you're really not going to get what you need from it. And obviously there's days everyone's like that, but it's just important to, if you want to go on this journey, put yourself fully into it. Yes. Yeah. I mean, if, if, if you're deciding to go that route, which I pray to God everybody does one time in their life, right. um, walk in there with an open mind, you know, mm-hmm. like, and, and like I said, it's not all or nothing. It's a process. It's a journey. It's going to take time. Um, all right. So we're going to keep moving. Cause I mean, you and I, I feel like could talk about all of this for like an hour, yeah. <laughs> um, but I want to at least hit at least half of the questions if I can. Sure. Um, uh, yes. Keep us moving. Right. So we're going to move on to the next one, which is what is something you're currently struggling with? And I think this is really important to hear from someone who's actually a D1 coach, right? Coaches aren't yeah. gods. So. Yeah, I think that's a good point. So, I mean, something I've been struggling with is definitely a little bit of anxiety related to COVID. Just one, I want to make sure my friends and family are healthy. Mm-hmm. Two, all of my athletes, I want to make sure they're healthy. I want to make sure we have a season and, and we can compete. So, there's definitely been anxiety related to that and the unknowns. Um, it's definitely gotten better. Our, our staff at Akron has made sure that we've stayed healthy. They've explained things, done a lot of education. So that piece has been really good, but definitely struggling with unknowns. And also, I kind of struggle with the need to have a plan always. So I'm a big planner. If A doesn't work, great, I'm going to go to B. If B doesn't work, I'm going to go to C. So and that's been something I've been trying to work on, be a little less rigid in things. Yeah. Um, especially in practice, I'm like, you know, great, I have 15 minutes to do this drill. Then we're going to transition to water. Then we're going to go to the next. And sometimes you have to spend 30 minutes on drill A. And you, you might not get to B, and you'll have to skip over to C. So yeah. I think for me, flexibility and not always having to have a plan. That's yeah. definitely something. Yeah. That's, and that's hard as a coach because, like, you want to get it all in into practice, right? You're like, I know we're weak on this. We need to work on this. But we're doing really well at this, and I really want to work on this now. And you sometimes just have to go with the flow at practice. like Yeah. And depending Absolutely. upon where your athletes are, you're like, ah, oh, crud, like, we can't do that. Our mental space is not there today. <laughs> yeah. Like, we tried to do this passing drill 10 times, and the 11th time is just going to set us over, and we just need to move on. Yeah. Yes. I think. <laughs> I see it in my personal life too. I'm a big list maker. And if oh, I yeah. don't, I'll have like a work to do list and then a personal to do list. And if I don't get it, get through them all, I put so much pressure on myself and create anxiety when it's all good. Yeah. And, and that goes back to sometimes you just got to let it go. Right. You're just like, yeah. you're at the end of the day and you're like, I got one thing done today and that's great. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Um, so opposing side to that, what is something you're currently doing really well at? Okay. Um, I think at the moment I'm doing a good job of asking others how they're feeling and, and checking in with our athletes of they've had a big transition of being at home for six months to being back. And I think I've done a good job of making myself available. I love chatting with people. I want to chat things through with people. I want to be an advocate. So I think I'm doing well at that. Um, I'd also say doing well, at just, laughing at myself there's certain (laughs) things that I'll do or something will happen like if I spill a glass of water instead of like oh my gosh I like I'll just laugh and the other day I was eating a salad and I was shaking the bottle of 
salad dressing and it literally sprayed all over my whole kitchen. I had salad dressing in my hair, on the stove, in the toaster, in every single crevice of my kitchen. And yeah. I, just, I was just laughing and you just have to because it could have ruined my day. Oh, yeah. And there was, and it was Greek dressing. There was feta cheese in my hair. It was something. I kid you not. I just did that this morning with oat milk. I kid you not. It doesn't matter how many master's degrees or PhD levels you have. There's just going to be stuff that happens to you that you're like, what? Yeah, you're still human. (laughs) That's so funny. Honestly, but like, okay, so this goes back to that communication level, which is like, you have to have different people in your life who you talk to because like, That moment, especially with me, right? I come from a perfectionist mindset, right? If I'm not doing things perfectly, I get frustrated with myself. And that just comes from growing up and like having to be in different worlds, right? And so it's so funny to me that you said the thing about salad dressing because I was like, in my head yesterday when I spilled that whole carton of milk literally everywhere, I was like, no one's going to get this. Everyone thinks I'm an idiot. Like, but the (laughs) fact is that we're all idiots. (laughs) Yeah. Like, how does this happen to me? And like, I, I'm very lucky, my significant other, and I'll tell him, and, and he'll laugh, and he doesn't take things too seriously, but if I was at home, my dad would be like, are you serious? You have to clean up all of that now? <laughs> and it's just funny, just different personality types, which yeah. is great. Eventually, my dad would have laughed, but the cleanup would have been oh. <laughs> not his scene. Not his scene. Nah. Nah. And that, it's true. Like, you just need those different personalities, right? And it's... Yeah. I think that's interesting when we start to find our partners in life, right? The ones that are more serious. We tend to either go for exactly who we're used to or the exact opposite. Like, it's it's nowhere on that spectrum. It's like one or the other. (laughs) Yes. And I'm at an opposite of very easygoing, whereas I'm a a type A person to a T. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I get you. I get you. My my partner's so chill. 99% of the time can never face him. And I'm just like, all the time, I'm like, let's make a list. Let's figure this out. And he's like, let's right. just take a breath. <laughs> well, it's funny. I'm like, you should care more about this. He's like, no. Just <laughs> don't, let it go. I don't want to. <laughs> I, find, I find myself, yeah, too much. Too, too much. Sometimes. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. So we got about eight minutes left because we're capping at okay. 30. All of these, I tried to keep them short and sweet. Um, okay. But okay. let's move on to, ooh, this is one of my favorite questions. So, okay. If your best self met you at your worst moment, what would the conversation look like? Okay. Oh. Hmm. Okay. So I think for this, I think it'd come from a place of compassion and trying to understand of why are you making these decisions? Why is your mental state this way? Um, and I think it would just look at some fundamental changes you know, maybe let's reevaluate this decision and see how it plays out. I think a lot of my adult life, I felt I had to do something. Mm -hmm. So I did it. And then maybe down the line, it wasn't the best decision that I could have made. But I think just approaching from compassion of an understanding, and it's so easy to cast judgment on, on yourself and others, but having to get to the root cause of, okay, let's examine why you made this. Was it insecurity, wanting to fit in? Um, you know, peer pressure. Um, I just wanted to do it. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> you know? I, just, I felt like it. <laughs> I just did it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's really cool because I feel like there's a lot of other athletes that can definitely connect with that. Um, like having to just be empathetic. And like I've I've definitely had where people are like, oh well, I would tell myself how to how to fix it and how to figure it out, which is definitely one way of doing it. You can absolutely go that route. 
But there's another route, and this is absolutely what we learn in school when you go to therapy school, <laughs> um, <laughs> master's in clinical psych, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah. Which is 99%, and they have a, a saying, which is if you're giving advice, you're doing it wrong. Um, and I remember when I heard that as a therapist, I was like, what do you mean? And they're like, if you're giving advice, you're doing it wrong. And I just kind of had to sit back and be like, well, if I know how to fix it, shouldn't I tell them? And they're like, that's not the point. The point is not to fix it. The point is to be there with them as they figure it out. And so it it sounds like your best self would exactly do that. You would just let yourself figure it out. (laughs) I know. And I think that's a big thing too. And I'm a a little bit stubborn. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, growing up, and now I fully recognize it. Your mom is always right. They have your best interests. They know. They have the life experience. But growing up as a teenager, I'd say, no, I know better. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. And it's just kind of coming from a place of understanding. Also, I really liked this book that I read. Mm-hmm. It's called Lori Gottlieb, Maybe You Should Talk to Someone. Um, and it's, it's a journey about um, her own therapy clients. Mm-hmm. And reading that book was the same thing of that exact quote of, if you're telling someone, you know, you're doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. And it was just talking about compassion and understanding. So. That I had that reaffirmed in that book. And the book is called Maybe You Should Talk to Someone by Who Again? Uh, Lori Gottlieb. And she's also a psychologist as well. I would recommend it. It's funny. It feels like you're in a therapy session. You identify with all their real stories about her patients, but the names have been redacted and and changed. Right. But uh, it's a really good read. And it feels like you've come out of a therapy session and kind of like a breakthrough. Nice. All right. Well, definitely, if I can, I'll definitely put a link to that to that book um, onto this podcast. So if you guys are looking for it, I'll try to add, if there's an audible version, I'll try to add it. If not, I'll do the Amazon link. So yeah, I know it's on Amazon and audible too. So, all right. So we'll definitely, I love audiobooks. Ah, saves me so much time. (laughs) All right. Um, next question. So this one, let's keep a little bit shorter because I know we only have about four minutes left, Okay. but let's say tomorrow's the day you've been waiting for. What would happen? Oh, wow. Um, I, I'm definitely on the lacrosse field. Um, my family's in the stands. My dog's in the stands. <laughs> and I just have a really great day with teamwork. So for me, family, my family is involved. My significant other's involved. And, you know, we're playing lacrosse. So I, all those are really important to me and kind of come together in, in a happy marriage there. Nice. Nice. Um, okay. So what self-care routines have you found really help you in a long term? Oh, this is a great question. Um, I think sleep, number one. I'm a person that needs eight hours, so carving out time for that. Um, Eating well, like eating healthy. um, You just feel better. And when I work out because I want to, that also is a mood booster. Mm -hmm. And then I would also just say, a big part of my self-care is saying no to things. I'm a big yes person, so personal time. It's really important to me. So if I can say no to some things and, you know, have more time, that that's important to me too. Yeah. And that, that goes back to that, like, perfectionist, like, what am I not doing that I should be doing, you know? Exactly. I have a spare 15 minutes. What can I fill in? Yeah. Which is, which is terrible, which is, like, this terrible right. mindset that we have to get. And it's not, I shouldn't say it's terrible, but it is one of those things that's not necessary. Like, you don't have to be going 100% of the time. Like, you can sit and be on your phone for 10 minutes. That's okay. You know, it's not yeah, the end of the world. Exactly. All right. So we have exactly two minutes left and then we'll hit the 30 minute. If we go over, no biggie. Um, okay. But this one is, I think, 
really important for anybody who's listening. And this is another one of my favorites, but it holds a certain level of importance, um, which is if there's another athlete out there that is listening to this podcast and is battling some of the same issues or problems that you have faced, what would you tell them? Okay. So I love this question. Um, I think it's so important just because we can both recognize that we've been in that scary place and Mm want to help you to get out of it. But I would say you're capable, you're special, and you're so brave. It's, It's so hard to be an athlete, be a student, and continuously competitive. Um, I would also say after a good night's sleep, things feel a lot less scary. So when things are a little on the rocks, make sure you're sleeping well, you're eating well. Um, You want to feel fine physically if you're going through a little bit of mental struggle there. I would also say establish relationships with your coaching staff. They're really great resources and mentors as well. Um, And they can lead you in the right direction and put you in, in contact with people that you can connect with and talk to um yeah 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 that's I think that's really important and I mean this that also reflects back on a lot of the themes that we talked about which is have good friends have a diversity of good friends rely yeah. on people ask for help and it's take a nap <laughs> please take, take a, a nap. nap yes <laughs> naps are please wonderful. get your rest please yeah there's too many we- athletes who don't sleep well it's just yeah and two if, if you tell coach hey I have I have pulled an all-nighter I'm studying for like let's say my physics exam you know it's okay if I miss practice day nine times out of ten they're gonna say sure thing we know academics are heavy let's find a time for you to make up or if you come to practice late so I think it shows that you want to be your best self as an athlete and a student um you know coaches are humans too we get it like you said earlier we're not robots no you don't want to be, right? I mean, what makes the best coaches the best coaches is that they're empathetic, but also have really good boundaries with their athletes, right? They can say, like, yeah, go take a 30-minute nap and then come to practice a little later. Or, yeah, if you need to go study tonight, go do that. But at the same time, if you're saying that every week, they might come back to you and say, do you really want to be on this team? Like, And they're saying that because they care about you, not because they're trying to be jerks like yeah we don't want to kick you off like yeah. like you said we we care about you as a person and a student and I, I think that's so important and a little bit of that falls on you to be proactive as well and like you said if, if it's you know the you have we call it you kind of have one get out of jail free card but if you keep coming back to me for jail like get out of whatever yeah <laughs> specifically if it's sprinting day <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Uh, or if it's a hard lift day and you're constantly saying, can I do this? I miss this. And no, it's no. not going to fly. So it's just, it's being a mature athlete. Yeah. And it boils and down to like, we need to, we have a healthy relationship. We need to, I need to respect you as much as you respect me. Like that's where we need to fall. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I think, Ooh, I was, I'm adding this one on to the podcast. So we are over 30 minutes, but that's totally fine with me because we had some good conversation today. Do you have any questions for me? (laughs) Sure. Um, I guess as a certified, so you have your master's in counseling. Do you ever want to counsel people that aren't your clients? Oh gosh, that's such a good question. Um, (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> um, I think it's hard because like I've been a coach before. Um, 
And when you're a coach, you automatically become like a little bit of a therapist, right? You have to wear different hats. And, and, and it's hard because sometimes I've seen coaches who do that and aren't trained in that world and sometimes can make it worse. And sometimes I want to step in, but then later I hear the kid who was like, oh no, what they told me actually was the best thing in the world. And I'm like, oh, well then I guess that worked for that kid. Like, or that was great for that individual. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a ton of times, but I think one of the best things that I had to do for myself as someone in the therapy world and, and right, I've stepped out of the therapy world now. I'm a private consultant for mental health. And so I've, my title looks a little different, but the way I go about things is very similar. And so, oh gosh, I have kids who like will come to me and they say like, can I just talk to you for 15 minutes? And like, I have to, I have to put down the respect line, right? The ba- like the boundary yeah. barrier, however you call that, which is like, I'd love to listen and I'd love to hear you talk. But remind, just a reminder, I'm not your therapist. And if you feel that we need yeah. to talk to someone, we need to go find a professional individual. And one, that's for because I have an hourly rate, right? This is my job. Yeah. This is my business. Absolutely. And then the other side of that is that if I'm not consciously aware that they need me to be in that mental health role, I'm not going to be in that mental health role. So I have to put that boundary up for myself, right? And that's, sure. that's also for their mental health and for their safety. Um, yeah. Yeah, but that dang, that's a really good question because that's also oh. like that's an issue I've had I, for since I started because I wanted to help everybody and anybody and and it's it goes back to the sometimes I have to say no, I can't help you. Right. And sucks. clearly you're passionate about it too. So yes. yeah, I was just curious about that. But no, I I think it's awesome that you're doing this podcast and it's all real issues and I think um, at, like at one point in our life we've all been athletes, whether it was a high school athlete or you know Division three and uh, there's nothing wrong with. No. with any of that you're all an athlete yeah we all it's it's all the athletic mindset right that's why we're called the mindful athlete because we are all have this mind of an athlete that's just at one point okay. or another that's how we grew up right all right so we're gonna close the podcast um within the next hopefully 30 seconds because i know we're running over but um katie i want to thank you so much for for coming on the show today and talking to us honestly and openly about all the difficult things that you've gone through and i'm sure it's going to help others And anyone who's listening, if you have questions or comments or you want to ask Katie something or myself something, please contact us and and we'll bring Katie back on the show and she can answer your questions. Um, So just a reminder that Katie is a D1 coach, assistant coach, um, and she's really good at it. She's been there for five years now. So I was, um, this is my second year at Akron, but I've been a coach for five. Right. So second year in at Akron, but been a coach for five. Um, and again, we want to thank you for being on the show. And if you guys have any questions, please contact us. Um, and we hope you guys all have a great night and can't wait for the next episode.